Father, what we receive from you depends on our hearts and our openness to you. And in a moment, we're going to sing, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. You know, we can come into church week by week and just stand and sing and listen and see what we like and what we don't like. But actually, if we come and we open our hearts to God, if we come with a thirst for God, and we say, Lord, I'm so thirsty for you. It's like, it's like when you're out working in the hottest day, you're out in your garden and, and the sun's coming down. I know that's a rarity over here, but you know what I'm talking about when you're really just parched and you're thirsty and you're, you're dying for a drink of cold water. God says, that's, that's, that's when I can move into your heart and speak into your life. Did you come this morning with that kind of thirst? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for relationship with Christ, for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And those who are coming today with that hunger and that thirst, you are the people where God will show up in your life today, where the Spirit will say, there's a life I can touch. So as we sing this, we sing it as a prayer. But examine your own heart today. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty for God? Are you saying, Lord, I'm just dry. I, I'm just, I'm gasping for you. I'm so hungry for you. then God will speak and will fill you. Like the woman at the well, Jesus said, I can give you water so you will never be thirsty again. So let's sing this as a prayer to our Father today, as the deer. As the deer pants for the water so my soul longs after you you alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you for you strength my shield to you alone will my spirit yield you alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you than gold or silver only you can satisfy 
giver and the apple of my eye. For you alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. my friend and you are my brother even though you are a king I love you more than any other so much more than anything thank you that you search our hearts you search our lives and you respond it doesn't matter what we've done this last week you look into our hearts and Lord when we come to you and we seek forgiveness from you you say you are forgiven my son my daughter thank you Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you're our redeemer. There's nothing we can do except fall on our knees and we, we fall before your cross and we say, Lord, forgive me. I've messed up so many times. And you pick us up and you say, my son, my daughter, you're forgiven. Come on, get up and walk again. You're not a servant. You're my brother, my sister. You're co-heirs with Christ. Such is grace. So beautiful. And you say those amazing words, your sins, everything that separates us from the love of God, that's forgiven. Because you say in your word that nothing can, nothing will separate us. Because your grace is greater than our humanity and our weakness. 
Thank you. We praise you. We lift our worship to you. Let's just sing that first verse again as the deer. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Are you hungry today for God's words, for God's voice? You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. And Father, as we read your word now, and as we hear your son, actually we're not going to hear your son, we're going to hear the Spirit of God speaking through him into us. Thank you. Thank you for his willingness to come and share what you've spoken into his life. And Lord, we open our hearts and our ears and our spirits to receive from you directly from your word and from your, from your brother as he shares today. We thank you in the name of Christ. Amen. And so we're going to hear God's word today from Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, verses 1 to 14. Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very, very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied, and he had commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, 
and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Well, good morning. It's nice to be with you on this sunny autumnal morning. It's a bit chillier this morning, isn't it? As we gather together to worship God and gather around his word. So let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for your word. Help us to understand it better, to learn from it through your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts and minds and speak into our lives and guide us so your hand may be upon us as we seek to serve you, your church and your kingdom. So bless us all now, in Jesus' name. Amen. So some family members of mine... Is it not working? Is that better? Can you hear me now? Is that better? So some family members of mine recently went on a trip of a lifetime to Jordan, the country in the Middle East for a 10-day holiday. And one of the many highlights of the holiday was a stay in a five-star hotel in the middle of the desert. And the idea was that this hotel was made up of pods. And in each pod had like a glass roof. So you stayed in the pod and you could see all the stars at night and apparently it was a magical experience. But as they were arriving at this hotel in uh, this transport by this driver, they pulled up to this shed and they stopped there and one of them said, oh, this can't be right, this doesn't look right. This is just an old shed in the middle of nowhere. This isn't right, this doesn't look like a five-star hotel. And where are all these beautiful, lovely pods that we paid all this money to stay in. And they said to the driver, oh, I'm sorry, I don't think this is right. And he's like, no, 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 we have to wait. And they went, wait? What are we waiting for? We have to wait. So they sat there, a few minutes passed, a few more minutes passed, a few more minutes passed, and they thought, this is a bit peculiar, isn't it? Where's the reception? You know, where's the palm trees? You know, where is it? And then along came, out of the darkness, 
a petrol tanker. Actually, that's quite, uh, quite appropriate for this morning, isn't it? A petrol tanker. Out of nowhere came this petrol tanker, and he says, we must follow the petrol tanker. And so he started the engine, and off they go. And literally, there was no road, there was no signs, but this petrol tanker knew where to go, and if out of nowhere appeared this hotel in the middle of the desert. So what looked like, on the face of it, just a barren, empty desert, appeared the most wonderful hotel. And my mum said to me, you'd never have known it. Had it not been for that tanker, we'd never have got there. There's no road markings. You couldn't use sat-nav. It just across the desert, and there was this hotel, as if by magic, just appeared. I think it's very easy for us to see things through a human perspective. But the challenge this morning is to see things how God sees them. What on the face of it might seem a dry, barren desert actually transpired to be a wonderful, magical hotel. Before us this morning is a passage I'm sure many of you know really well, the Valley of the Dry Bones. You've probably heard it many times before. So what is the context of this passage? The Israelites, people of Israel, are in exile. And Ezekiel is brought to speak hope to the people. And by the Spirit of God, he's sent to a valley. We tend to think of a valley as a place of difficulty, perhaps of suffering. When we talk of life, we talk of low valleys and high mountains, don't we? He's brought to this valley, and before him is all these dry bones. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Doesn't paint a very promising picture, does it? looking out amongst a valley of dry bones. Quite a hopeless cause to look at. You think about death. These people have died, and then their bodies have decayed, and then their bones have dried. 
What a hopeless, difficult situation. Not just bones, completely dry bones. But there is hope, because with God there is always hope. And our God is a God of what looks like hopeless causes he can turn around. And this passage is about the revival of dispirited people. The commentators tell us these bones have been here for about 10 years. And towards the end of the passage, we get this voice almost speaking out from the bones. And it says, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. So Ezekiel is sent to speak to these dry bones. There's two stages in this passage. First of all, Ezekiel is told to prophesy. And then secondly, to command them to hear the word of God. So first, Ezekiel is told to have faith, which of course is his occupation. He's sent as a prophet to speak in to situations, to command people to do things. And secondly, it's almost as if this is his prayer. You will notice as we look at the passage, the Lord is key to this passage. The Lord is mentioned some 11 times. Ezekiel is obedient and he does as he is requested. He respects God. And notice when he addresses him, he says, Sovereign Lord. Sovereign being a supreme power and authority. Ezekiel recognizes God is the one with the supreme power and authority. And then notice that Ezekiel begins to speak as the Sovereign Lord has commanded. And the Spirit comes and breathes into these dry bones. And they start rattling. There's a noise. Bones come together bone to bone. He says, I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them. Skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he's told again, prophesy to the breath. And notice what God calls Ezekiel. Don't call him Ezekiel. Don't call him prophet. 
he calls him son of man, which usually is a term in the New Testament referred to Jesus. But in this instance, I believe he's referred to son of man as in son of Adam. And then the bones begin to enter back to life. They came to life and stood up on their feet as a vast army. Just picture that. So Ezekiel has been transported to this dark valley, has wandered up and down, up and down, up and down, and seen all these dry bones. He's commanded by God to say these things, and now before him is a vast multitude of people. That is really quite amazing. So what is God doing here? God is restoring to the people what they have lost. And he's using Ezekiel to help the people. He is also bringing about his purposes through the supernatural and the miraculous. And God has given these people hope in what looked like a hopeless situation. So then, how does this help us today? What message can it give us? Well, notice at the start of the passage, the hand of the Lord was on me. Could we say the same for us? Is the hand of the Lord upon you today? Are we guided by God? Or do we say, well, actually, today I've got X, Y, and Z I need to do. I need to go to the shops. I need to do this. I need to do the other. Or do you start each and every day by saying, God, guide me. Show me what to do. Speak to me. Who do I need to help today? Where do I need to go today? Is God guiding us As I said just a moment or two ago, there is a real danger as Christians today, we look at the physical. We only see what is before us. When Ezekiel arrived in the valley, it was a scene of darkness and death. 
But God didn't see that. God saw a scene of dancing people, full of life, full of hope, full of the Holy Spirit. The bones in the valley represented the people of Israel. Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. That's what they said. But God said no. And God restored from death to life. This is not about resurrection, because back in the Old Testament, that concept hasn't fully been realized yet, because that came into being more clearly through Christ. But this sense of restoration, renewal, God is recreating Israel, bringing people back, restoring what they've lost, and putting them in their correct place. So what can we learn from this passage today? I believe God is using the exile of the pandemic to recreate, to renew, and refocus the church. But we need to be clear. We need to be guided by God, by the Holy Spirit, that we do not see things as people see them, but as God sees them. We need to look through heaven's eyes and be guided by God. So then, how can we do this? Firstly, by following God. The hand of the Lord was upon me, ensuring his hand is upon us. By being open to him, open to being guided by him. There used to be that phrase which Selwyn Selwyn Hughes used called keep on keeping on, doing what God has called us to do. And we must keep following God. Secondly, through prayer. This hearing the word of God. If if Ezekiel hadn't been open to God, hearing God's voice through prayer, he wouldn't have been able to do what God has called him to do. So we must spend time in prayer waiting on God. And what is God saying to us? This leads us on to obeying what God is calling us to do. Ezekiel was obedient and did as he was instructed. And then Ezekiel did his bit, speaking over the dry bones. 
he then expected and waited on God to move. And God did. Transformed the valley before him. We too must expect and wait on God to move in miraculous and dynamic ways. And then finally, the sense of spiritual renew, renewal, seeing the fruits coming into existence before our very eyes. People restored to life in that valley. They're gone from being 10 years dead to like a vast army, called back to their home to serve God. So this morning, we need to see things how God sees them, not as our sinful and fallen world sees them. We need to be open to God, prayerful in what we do, following on in action, waiting in faith, and seeing that sense of spiritual renewal. We must look to God to have that sense of hope for the future, to be moved by the Spirit, and let God help regenerate us and revive the church. But that involves us being quite disciplined and determined to focus on God and be guided by him, not to get distracted with lots of stuff. I think before the pandemic, as churches, as Christians, we got involved in so much stuff so many meetings, so much busyness, so much bureaucracy, paperwork, doing this, doing that, talking, discussing. Now is the time for action. Now is the time to tune back into God. You might say, well, Andrew, it looks pretty hopeless to me. The church in this country is in a right state. We're all getting older, we're all tired, but God says no. Do not look at what is before you, but look through heaven's eyes. If I can turn that valley of dry bones into a dancing army of life and breath full of the Spirit, then I can do anything. God is a God of the impossible. So let us give thanks today that we serve an amazing God who can do great and miraculous things, who can transform even the most hopeless of situations from death to life. And let us meditate on that passage and remember what God did in that valley he can do in our world today, in the church, with us, and in the kingdom. So we give thanks. We serve an amazing God this day and always. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. 
Let's just have a moment of quiet as we allow those words from the Spirit of God to just uh, take root in our lives. Do you see things around you with heaven's eyes? Or do you see things in the flesh? Father, give us eyes to see, to see what you see, to feel what you feel, to sense what you sense, to have the same discernment that Jesus had. Jesus saw with that heavenly, that kingdom perspective all the time. And so he knew what was going to happen. He knew before he, he could wait three days before he went to see Lazarus because he knew. He knew Lazarus was going to come up out of the grave. He knew the responses. Oh, give us eyes like that, a heart like that, an openness like that. To not just see what we see with our own eyes, but see with that heavenly perspective. We see through the kingdom. And Father, as we, we ask that for ourselves, so we, we pray for our world too. Lord, we say thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we long to see. We long to have a world where your light is shining so bright that there is no darkness that there is no death and no dry bones, there is no cut off, there is no hopelessness left in our world. And we pray for people right now, just lift to God, people you know, situations you know where people feel hopeless. We've seen that in Afghanistan and we continue to pray for that, but also so many other places and maybe people in your family and friends neighbors, situations. Just spend a few moments lifting these to God and asking God to send the Spirit that can bring life and hope into those situations.
As we were reminded last night, we thank you that he that is in us is greater than he that's in the world. That you can take death as, as you've spoken to us today and bring life. Use us as your people to bring life this week into those situations. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.